0: All right, I want to welcome on my next guest. We've got longtime NFL quarterback, Pro Bowl quarterback, and former quarterback for the Washington football team, Mr. Gus Ferro. Gus, how's everything going for you?
1: Yeah, everything's going great. How's it going for you? I'm good. I'm good. We got playoff
0: football going on right now. We got some interesting storylines going into the championship weekend. What have been your thoughts on the season? Because personally, I, I didn't know how they were going to get through it. They got through it, and we have three more games.
1: Yeah, you know, it's kind of crazy with the way the pandemic's going and how many people have passed and what a great job the NFL has done. I mean, I've talked to several friends that, were co- that, are, that I've played with that are coaches now, and they said it's just it was a test every day. It was nonstop, couldn't see your family, couldn't leave the building, couldn't do a lot of things that you would normally do. So uh, they put a lockdown on it, and they asked a lot of the players and the coaches, and the guys came through, and, and they've been doing a great job.
0: Yeah, and in terms of Washington, so I don't think anybody expected the season to go as well for them as it did, but they do have some uh, things to address in the offseason. Number one is who's going to be the starting quarterback next year. What have been your thoughts? And they had four guys this year. They released Haskins. What do you think they should do?
1: Well, you know, that's always a, a great question because, um, you know, it seems like Washington has been rebuilding for a long time. And I would say, you know, they – Started, they have a good foundation right now with their defense. Uh, for me personally, when I watch them play, that gives them an opportunity to win a lot of games. I think they can build on that. And as far as the offense goes, they have some good parts. And Gibson is a running back, their lines kind of they're going to build on that a little bit. They have some good receivers like Terry McLaurin. Uh, but you know, their their running back or their quarterbacks are obviously the key component that they need. And and even since I've been there, they've been searching for that quarterback for a long, long time. And, and, you know, they think they get one in Dwayne Haskins. They think they get one in RG3. They've, they've gone through these guys. They've gone through head coaches. Well, I, little, I really like Coach Rivera, and I think he does a great job. And uh, it's got to be interesting to see what Scott Turner does with the next quarterback they get. Now, I call him Heineken, but I know it's a Heineke. But, uh, you know, I think he came in did a wonderful job, uh, you know, kind of knew what he was doing. He looked very um, threw some balls on time, did a great job with that, but it's going to be interesting. He'll be there, but they're definitely going to go out and try to find some other guys.
0: Would you try to go after uh, Deshaun Watson? Because, Or do you think it's too much to draft capital to give up?
1: Well, I think everybody's going to try and go after him if he's available. You know, I don't know if uh, the owner, McNair is going to be able to fix this down in Houston with him. I think it's already broken and it's too far apart. Uh, Deshaun's probably going to want to leave. And what a shame to lose a franchise quarterback like Deshaun, right? Somebody you can build around that every other NFL team tries to get or already has. So um, uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously they're going to try and go after him, but you know, when it comes to draft capital and, and what they got to give up, maybe there's a trade in the mix. Uh, you know, what do you give up for a franchise quarterback? It's got to be a lot. And, does, you know, do the Redskins want to do that? What about with, Sorry, X, the, with the Washington football team?
0: I, I still I still I they got to they got to find a name because it's getting too confusing. I don't know what I don't know what they're doing. But in terms of the Alex Smith contract, you saw him. He played exceptional during the year. I don't think everybody everybody ever expect him to play again. But you kind of saw the lingering injuries down the stretch, especially in Philly when he really wasn't that mobile, wasn't able to go for the wild card. And I I don't know if you saw. I caught a little bit of that 60-minute special last night. I don't know if you got a chance to see it. It seems like he still wants to play. What what would
1: you do if you're Washington? Um, Yeah, he still wants to play, which we all do, right? At some point, you you got to realize that I just can't do it. I'm, I'm more of a uh, detriment than I am a positive to your team, even though his positive parts come with his leadership, his experience, the, what he brings to the team, the emotional side of it. But there's just something about it. You, you, in the NFL, you got to have the physical skills. you got to be able to explode and get away from people. And we see that week in and week out with quarterbacks all over the league that are getting older who can't move as well. And, you know, when we watched the game between Drew Brees and, and Tom Brady, you know, if there was any pressure on either one of them, it, they weren't going anywhere. They were just basically falling. Down. Hey, I was like that after 15 years in the NFL. You know, you get older and and, uh, you know, those guys come in, they're they're bigger and faster and stronger and you want to get out of the way.
0: And then so speaking of that Saints game yesterday, something I noticed, I don't know if it's just a hunch, but I was going to run up by you. So they, they trotted Winston out there for one trick play. He had a touchdown. It was incredible. And he didn't play again. Do you think they wanted to go down with the ship knowing it was Bree's last game rather than potentially win and bench him in his last game at home?
1: Yeah, I just talked to my son Gunnar about that. He, You know, he's been home through COVID just because of uh, he hasn't been able to get a job. So we've been really into football. Uh, we've both been into you know, we trade cards, we, we, you know, we collect all kind of different uh, basketball and football cards. I do vintage baseball. So it's been a lot of fun being with him. but he's a big numbers guy. He loves to, uh, I think he's going to be a scout someday, but oh, we'll cool. see what happens. But uh, yeah, he, he, you know, I think looking back on it, I really believe that Sean Payton had to go to the owner and say, Hey, look, I think this is the way we got to go because the guy's given us so much but I don't know if it's going to help us win the game. Right. And so I think that that was an ownership, Uh, Sean Payton saying, Hey, Drew, this is, we understand this because you saw everybody come out right before the game and say, he's going to retire. And you believe that because you're not seeing the shots down the field, right? They got these incredible playmakers and they're throwing slants or throwing five, six yard routes all the time, maybe a corner out here and there, but nothing where he's driving the ball and everything like that. And and we know that Jameis, can do that. I mean, he threw a bunch of touchdowns, but he also threw a bunch of interceptions, but thirty. it's going to be a different, different quarterback under center next year for the saints.
0: Yeah, no, it was, it was really interesting. And then this is kind of, you could kind of tell you kind of got that vibe from breeze when he's walking up the field. Like I think he's, he knows he's done. I don't know what the saints are going to do from here, but it's really interesting. And then did you have any other um, kind of like, what else caught your attention from the weekend? I know the Saturday's games, I know the Saturday night's game wasn't ex- as exciting as I think many people wanted to be. What was
1: your biggest takeaway from the weekend? The Packers are really, really good. Really good. You know what I mean? And, and, and it it's going to be hard for, for the Buccaneers to go up there and play in Green Bay in such a big game. Um, their defense looks good. Aaron Rodgers is on point. I mean, the ball's coming out just as well as it ever has. And he's got playmakers. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, he's got some some, his line is playing you know some really good football. they're coming off the ball, they're run blocking well. I just think they're the team to beat right now. Um, and, and other than that, you know you saw a Cleveland team go into Kansas City and had a chance to win. I mean if you think about the T Higgins play that fumbles through the end zone, if he's just down at the one, they probably score the game's a lot different. you know and then Patrick obviously gets hurt, goes out um, and, and what a job Henny did coming in. And, and just, you know, saving the game for him, basically. Uh, but other than that, you know, I think the I think if you look back through the whole weekend, probably the Ravens game was the hardest to watch and, and biggest disappointment. Uh, they have a, the, one of the best kickers ever in the NFL, missed two field goals, right? How does that happen? And the Bills are probably saying like, okay, it's been 25 years, and finally we have somebody else missing a field goal. So uh, it's uh, it, it, that game was hard to watch because – we you know uh, Lamar Jackson. I've been on his side ever since. And people say all this stuff, but you go look at his stats compared to all the other great quarterbacks. He's right there at the top with all of them. And I think he just needs some more weapons on the outside. So if they do put nine men in the box, he can throw it to somebody. Do you think that I've been thinking about it
0: since since their early exit last year against the Titans. Do you think they give him a loaded, maybe two-year deal before and after they give him more weapons outside to see what he can do with that before they just kind of just write up a blank check? Or do you think they're just going to give it to him?
1: Oh, I think they're just going to give it to him. Interesting. Yeah, he's one of the top players, top five players in the NFL. Uh, You got to give it to that guy. I mean, I've watched him give money to other people that I always thought didn't deserve it. I mean, you know what I mean? It's just when you see what he can do, if you go look at his stats for his first three years compared to every other great player that's played that position. They're, they're right there. He's like top three or four. Um, it's pretty amazing to see like his touchdown to interception ratio, plus how many yards he gains running, how many touchdowns he scores besides throwing the football. Um, so there's a lot of positive things and you know, it's like the whole Deshaun Watson thing. Why, why go and make him mad? Like they they, they have the money. Pay him his money. He's deserved it. He's your MVP. He probably is your MVP of the offense this year. So give it to him and build around him.
0: The One other thing I want to ask you about the weekend, do you put any kind of blame on Mayfield for not being able to capitalize more knowing Mahomes went down? Or do you think it's just a kind of freak thing?
1: No, I don't. You know, I've heard like here in Pittsburgh, I was listening to some sports radio this morning. And obviously most of the sports guys here do not like Cleveland. You know, it's a big rivalry, but uh, I think that Baker played a pretty darn good game. I think that uh, with going in there and his first really, really big, I mean, obviously beating the Steelers in the playoffs is big, right? You can say what you want. The Steelers had five turnovers, but still he's got to be able to run the team, put the ball in the end zone. But I thought he did a good job. You know, I think that they figured out that the run game was going to be the way to go for them. Uh, they start running Nick Chubb more, Kareem Hunt started getting the ball a little more, they start moving the ball, eating the clock up, keeping the ball out of the Chiefs' hands, and yeah, he may have missed one or two throws, and, and he had some drops in there, but I thought he played a pretty good game.
0: Yeah, and then right now, I, uh, who, who do, who do you, you think the Packers are the team to beat, especially knowing Mahomes might be a little banged up, or you do think, you think uh, Kansas City repeats?
1: You know, it, it's it's really hard to say because you see a Cleveland team that nobody thought was going to be there go into Kansas City and, and compete with them and play really well with them. So, yeah. That game, watching it, after that game and seeing it, uh, I think the Packers are the team to beat. Uh, I don't think Chiefs are very far behind them. And plus, you know, we don't we don't know exactly what happened to, to Patrick. I hope he's he's well. But yeah. out of all the four of these teams, whoever plays in the Super Bowl, it's going to be a great game.
0: Can't wait. It's going to be fantastic. So I want to ask you a little bit about your career. So I understand you went to the University of Tulsa. How did you end up up going there?
1: I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, you know, which you'd think like, how did that guy get to Tulsa? But, you know, this was even before social media, the internet, cell phones and everything else. And and you're wondering how you get recruited there. Well, back in Pittsburgh in the day, they had what they called the Joe Butler Metro Index football camp. Um, And that's where all the local high school kids went and, and uh, all the scouts from all the colleges, you know, the recruiters would come in and sit in the stadium and they had it, I think, in the South Hill somewhere. And you just go out and they run a camp for two days, three days, and you go there and show your skill sets off. And luckily I was, uh, you know, I was six foot four and big, strong kid and could throw the football and didn't have any other skill sets to go with it. But, you know, we ran the wing T in high school. It's not like today where these guys are practicing day in and day out to be a quarterback. So we had a coach, uh, several coaches were there, um, kind of saw me there, recruited me. And then you send them your, your. it was actually videotape. Back in the day, you'd send them the videotape uh, through snail mail. And it's, it's crazy how it was, but you know, Tulsa came and recruited me. And the reason I went there was um, their head coach, David Rader, came to Pittsburgh twice to see me and recruit me um, compared to all the other coaches who did. And so um, got there and we threw the heck out of the ball and it was a lot of fun were you, was
0: like, was the NFL in the back of your mind, or were you just focused on playing college football at the time?
1: Oh, uh, no, I was, I was focused on playing college football, you know, uh, the NFL really, I mean, I had a cousin who was playing for the Bills at the time, cool. um, so you knew about the NFL a little bit, but just never thought that it was going to happen for me, because um, I wasn't one of the top guys in, in, the, in the country, and a, a quarterback in college, uh, you know, we threw the ball around a lot, but Back in you know the late '80s, early '90s, not many people knew about Tulsa. You know, so um, there was no way to promote yourself like you can now on social media uh, and do a lot of things. So um, that wasn't in my mind. It was just go out there, have you know, be the best I can, do the best I can for my team, and have a lot of fun.
0: Who 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 kind of brought to you like, hey, you, you might have a shot at playing the league?
1: Well, you know, um, after my senior year of football. That that um, holiday, that Christmas, I came back home to Pittsburgh and worked at. Um, I worked. I actually interned for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, cool! I mean, I was always a pirate fan. I worked. For, I interned for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Worked in their um, in their gym and kind of had a health phys ed, recreation degree. And I was actually working out all their front office people. They had the president, everybody from the Pirates would come in. Um, I'd give them their schedule for the day, and they'd work out and do all this because you know it's spring training. None of the players were there. They didn't want me around when the players were there. But as I was there, more and more coaches would call. They'd come see me. um, They'd watch my film. And then I got invited to the combine. And that really um, helped me get noticed. Um, Went to the combine through every day for every position and was able to show off my skill set. That's wild. And then
0: so what was your draft, your
1: projection? Oh gosh, I don't even know. I didn't even expect to be drafted, to be honest. Really? You know, I was a fifth quarterback taken, but I was taken in the seventh round. Um, so you're only the fifth. All yeah. the way in? Wow,
0: unbelievable! That's so crazy. we had two
1: taken right away, and then there we're maybe the sixth. But I think it was the fifth. Yeah. I think there was two, and two more in between. I was a bad quarterback draft that year. Obviously, they took me, so it was a bad draft. were you were you watching the whole thing, or did they just kind of call you, or what, how'd that go? Uh, yeah, we were kind of at my parents' house and we had my, you know, I had a party back then and, you know, hopefully you get draft first day, nothing happened. Second day, nothing happens. then they kind of give you a call and say, Hey, this is, uh, you know, Charlie Casterly and North Turner from the, you know, back then the, the Redskins, you know, now the Washington football team. And they said, we're going to draft you at the next pick. And so then you get pretty excited and, and let everybody know, but, you know, I've had, I've heard stories of just on my podcast, Huddle Up with Gus, I just interviewed Matt Burke. Um oh, cool. he, you know, he went to Harvard and he was talking about, hey, I was sitting in my dorm with all my buddies and when they when I got drafted. And so, you know, we all have a different story. It's it's great. I was like lucky enough to be home when mine happened.
0: I forget who I was talking to, they said when they got drafted, apparently they were in a place where there was no cell phone reception. And apparently the GM was freaking out, the agent was freaking out. They're like, Where is he? Forget who it was. And that's interesting. And then so when you get there. Keith Shuler was just taken in the first round. What was your thought process like? All right, I'm going to make this team or show enough that maybe another team will be interested in anything. Did you, did you expect to be taking over him
1: at any time? No, my thought process was just work your ass off. You know, hard work, go out and throw every day. I mean, what I was good at, was throwing the football. So any opportunity, I go out and to get on that field and, and, and throw the football time and time again. And it's always do, do what you can. Like I, I learned how to hold there. Um, I was never a holder in college, but I held in the NFL for years. Um, you know, the more you can do, the better you are. I did special teams. Didn't, I wasn't a Taysom Hill, but I, you know, kind of did scout team, all, all those kind of things, whatever I could do to help the team. Um, and, you know, I was competing against an older guy that's been, that has was around the league for several years, and, was, and a lot of times in the NFL, they're going to take the younger guys, so I was very lucky there.
0: I have a question. I asked Anybody who's played in the NFC East, have you ever had any interesting experiences with Eagles fans? Because I know they're a different breed.
1: Yeah, anytime you play the Eagles there, you got a better – it's a wild experience, I'll say that. It's not – it's different than when you go and play the Raiders, right? Back in the day when you go to the Raiders and play, it was – you'd see these people all painted up and they have shoulder pads on and, you know, they they have their own kind of way of – it was a lot of fun and they'd heckle you too. The Eagles fans almost were like, um, you know, hey, if – I, I see you out in the parking lot. It's going to be on, you know, that's kind of how it was with Eagles fans, which was great though. Like you could have a good banner with them, but you know, they're, they're fanatics for a reason, right? They, they love their Eagles and, and they want to see him win. So I'm sure they're going through some really hard times right now.
0: Dexter Manley told me that they threw a, a boiled egg at him when I don't know how you're sneaking that into the stadium, but that was not surprising.
1: Well, and least, I- I'll, I'll just tell you this at any time, any of my family members went to the game, I would always tell them don't wear our colors, right? Where it's just something plain, like you're there to have fun, um, even though you're sitting in the family section, right? Don't, because um, there's just too many stories that you hear about. And uh, Dante Culpepper's mother came in and she had number 12 on and pep and all this stuff and they were throwing beer and food on her and everything like that, you know? And it's, it's just what it is. You gotta prepare yourself, you know? It's like people warn you and you're like, oh, they won't do anything. It's Philly, they will.
0: I have a question. So what, after they made the switch and you were now the starting quarterback in place of Schuler, how did your kind of mindset change your preparation? What, what kind of changed for you?
1: Well, to be honest, I was so young. I just had, you know, um, it was my first year really didn't have the, the kind of maturity I wish I had had, you know, back then you're just young, you're flying through it. Um, um, you know, just having fun. I was engaged to my, my wife. Now we've been married, oh, cool. you know, 25, be 26 years coming up. Um, and, uh, you know, we were just having a lot of fun. We were just enjoying the moment because you don't know how long it's going to last. And then you get called up to, to go in and say, hey, you know, he's not going to play. John Freeze isn't going to play. You're going to be your guy. And he tells you in the team meeting that day and you're like, oh, okay. So nothing really changed. Just go out and, and get a lot of confidence from your teammates and, and luckily go out against the Colts and, and had a good game. And so uh, you know you don't get many opportunities in the NFL. So when you get them, you have to really make them uh, successful because if you don't, you know it's it, it, they always say the word is not for long and that's truth.
0: Yeah I have a question at what point in your career with Washington did you kind of stop looking over your shoulder and you feel like, all right, I got this. Never,
1: really never really? you know what I mean you just don't you just you just keep, you, you can't, you have to work harder and harder than anybody else. Uh, uh, you know, and if you talk to Brady, Breeze, Manning, any of those guys will tell you that, you know, you can't ever stop working. It's got to be, you got to put in more work than you ever have before every year you're in and year out. And um, you know, that's the only thing that can keep you around a while because if your skill set just dis- dis- diminishes, right. Then, then you can't, you're not going to keep up because there's always somebody bigger, faster, stronger, and younger coming in. Do
0: you, do you think, and so just kind of like um, comparing it to this year, do you think Haskins will learn from this experience and hopefully shine in his next opportunity, or what, what was your thoughts on that whole thing that transpired?
1: Yeah, you know, I've heard several different um, stories, like he was he was at home, he had a lot of people around him, he maybe shouldn't have had, you know, And he wasn't uh, paying attention or doing the things he should have, and hopefully it does humble him hopefully he realizes that you know if he if and when he gets another opportunity that he has to take full advantage of it because we know he has the skill set we know he can make all the throws and be out there now you have to put it all together and it's not a one time yeah you can look good in in a practice you can look good at training camp but when you go out between the white lines and and you're playing for your team and and you only have so many games to prove that it has to be every game you know, nobody's exemplified that more than Tom Brady. It's just amazing to watch.
0: Did you did you expect Heineke to perform even as close to as well as he did in the wild card?
1: Well, we saw a little sample size of him earlier, um, so we weren't really sure what it was going to look like. And then you see him go out and, and play really well, threw some really great balls, um, was able to scramble and move around. I, you know, I think everybody was, was um, happily surprised yeah. Uh, of his performance and you know and i hope that you know the coaches watch that i hope the coaches probably have a great understanding of what kind of person he is uh what kind of leader he is and given an opportunity to come into camp next year and compete
0: that's awesome i gotta ask because i got a couple of people that asked me to definitely ask what, what 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 happened with the when the with the headbutt situation i know gonna you know, like a celebration what what kind of happened with that what what was your do you, you remember
1: that vividly of what kind of like what transpired and then what happened? Well, right after I was having issues with, um, you know, uh, Carson Wentz kind of, um, Doug Peterson deal. Right. So I was yeah. having issues with my head coach and we weren't getting along. And so we were playing the giants. which was always a big rivalry. Yeah. Um, actually ran a touchdown in kind of felt like got everything off my back, just ran into the wall and, and, uh, you know, didn't even really focus on what, what the hell happened. Right. Should have just obviously jumped off, hit my foot and turned around, but just ran in, went to stop myself and just naturally put my head down. And obviously the rest is history, but uh, you know, that's just a situation where you, you, you just, you know, you don't know why it happened or how it happened. And, and it's just, um, you learn from it and you move on. And, uh, you know, you, you're able to, a lot of people say that, uh, you know, that happened to you and they, they want to make fun of you. But look, we all have adversity in our lives yeah. and we all fight things that come at us, you know, Um, you talk about doing something in front of, uh, you know, however many millions of people were watching the game that day, uh, you know, there was a lot that happened and, and from that, you know, you have to either, you either shrink or you grow. And, uh, you know, I was able to, you know, learn from it move on and and keep my head held high that I can still play in this, in this league. Awesome. I have
0: a question. So when you got named to the pro bowl, what did that mean for you as a guy who like didn't even think you'd be playing professional football?
1: Well, it's amazing, you know, that, that you've watched all these guys your whole life um, go to the Pro Bowl, right? You've watched NFL games, and uh, you've watched these guys go play in this game. That's amazing. And now I'm getting to take my wife and my kids, and we're going over there. And, um, you know, if I think about the Pro Bowl, and and uh, I almost won MVP. I remember that. But the craziest thing about the Pro Bowl for me was that they spelled my name wrong on my jersey. <laughs> You keep
0: it. That's one I'd keep.
1: Yeah, I have it, and I, I, <laughs> I it's not out here. I we got it in a a, a locker somewhere. But oh, cool. um, um, it's just funny how that happens, you know. And yeah. you find out right before the game because you didn't wear your jersey until the game started, and so you didn't even know that they spelled it wrong. And it's like, okay, really, you spelled it wrong? What are you gonna do? Just take one? I just left it go. Like, who who really cares? I'm playing in a Pro Bowl. Um, but you know, got to play with some amazing players. You know, the first play that I'm in, we call a pass. Junior Sale hits me in the chest and sacks me. And there's no blitzing, right? The word. And, uh, you know, I'm like, hey, man, there's no blitzing. You know, and he's like, welcome to the Pro Bowl, kid. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, I guess you don't really, you know, when Junior Sale does that to you, you don't really say anything. Yeah.
0: That's un- do, do you think they should move it back? Was it in Hawaii? It was in Hawaii when you
1: Because now it's in Orlando. Yeah, you know, it's a lot. I mean, it, it was great. It's a great, like, trip. For, you know, a lot of guys go there, and it's not really a game. You know, you're going there for a week to do yeah. some fun stuff, hang out, whatever. Um, but if you really want it to be a game, I think you just keep it in the states, like they have been. But you have it. You make. I think they should make more of an experience out of it, like they had it at down at Camping World Stadium, and that was a tough place to go into. You know, I think that um, if they're gonna have it, they need to figure out a way to make it more viable um, into the into what's happening in the NFL. Uh, they're trying to, they try to do like baseball, right? The winner, the other team gets the ball. I don't know how they're doing all that, but uh, um, it's just crazy because, you know, guys don't want to go get hurt there and play in that game for a minimal amount of money. You know, there were a lot of guys there that, that you know, you're going to play for $10,000. And, you know, when they're making millions and million dollars playing football, why would they go to the Pro Bowl to just, you know, play a bunch of guys and get hurt? But. It also is you're playing against the peers that, that you play against every week. And it, and it's a it's a real honor to go out there and be invited to go stand on a football field with these other men that are, you know, football legends. And
0: yeah, I know I was speaking with and actually I was looking at some of the guests you've had on your on the head up with Gus podcast. I, and I saw you had a Morton Anderson. and I was talking to him a, little, a couple of weeks ago and I brought up the idea and he said they already did it. I think they should do a field goal kicking contest. I think it'd be electric, kind of like a home run derby. He said they used to have them, but They took it
1: away. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, they don't like to give the kickers too much. Right. how he's mess with Morton on that stuff. He's like, ah, they should make it worth more points and all this stuff. And they probably should, like, if you can kick a 60 yard field goal, you yeah, probably should get four I points agree. for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which would make it even more fun a 50 yard or, you know, whatever, just make it, make it even, even worth more to go for it. Okay. Um, instead of like, uh, it's just opportunities to to win games and when you don't think you you can and, and all those kind of things. But, uh, I think they should do more with it, right? It's a big part of the game. Yeah. Now, you're not going to – like, they should even do something with, like, um, um, like Canada does with their football, with, with kickoffs and everything like that. Oh, yeah. They give you a point for, for – if you kick it out of the back of the end zone, right, if you kick it within, you have to return it even if it's in the end zone. Like, do different things like that. Obviously, our – Onside kicks. Our special teams have changed so much because they don't want guys to get hurt, but it's made it kind of boring. Yeah,
0: no, because I was watching the Ravens Bills game the other night, and you got a three three game going easily down into the first half, and Tucker kept going off the uprights. And I'm just had a wild thought. I'm like. What if you got more points for getting off the uprights than you did going down the middle and it just kind of changed the whole complexion of it. I'm like, they would never do that, but that'd be, it'd be interesting. Three points off the uprights, one down the middle and just to try to nail it right there. So, uh,
1: yeah. You know, I think you, I think the owners feel like they'd probably get into a slippery slope if they yeah. start changing a lot of the rules. Yeah. yeah, They try to keep the game, the integrity of the game as close to original as possible. Right. But they know they got to change, you know, they have all these, You saw the pass interference and it doesn't get called like a few years ago with New Orleans and they got to make all these rule changes. And then, you know, quarterback sacks and a quarterback hits and they they call these crazy things and it's the same stuff. It goes back to who they're hitting, right? If somebody's hitting Tom Brady low or they're hitting uh, um, Heineke low, it's a different call. You're right. It it all goes back to, you know, uh, a ref making a, a choice.
0: Yeah, and I have a question. So you played 15 years, uh, went around to a bunch of different teams. What was, like, the key to your longevity?
1: I, I You know, for me, it was just always being supported by my wife and my kids. Uh, we went everywhere together. I traveled with them everywhere we went. Oh, and cool. then that always gave me the strength to go on and, and, and work really hard and try to be with the team. And I think the other thing that was able enabled me to go from team to team was – when I'd go to a new team, it's, and you learn a new offense, it's like learning a new language. Right. And I was able to catch on pretty quick for most teams. Um, some were harder than others, but um, was able to catch on and, and go out and produce uh, for them and, and try and win them some games. And I think that's what, you know, and the other good part was I could throw the football, right. I was given a, a, a God given ability to go out and pick up a ball, warm it up and throw it wherever you want. And, uh, that helped me stay in the league just as long as anything.
0: And then for another guy who actually was another seventh rounder who's bounced around, what was your thoughts on that Ryan Fitzpatrick throw in, I forget, was it week 16 when like, was it against I think Oakland on the Saturday night game?
1: Yeah, that uh, I mean, they don't call him Fitz magic for nothing, right? Ryan's one of my closest, <laughs> oldest friends oh, cool. Um, in the NFL. And uh, you know, just if there was going to be a guy that, that could do that. That, that would be Ryan, right. Um, you know, I thought that the Dolphins should have been the way they were playing. Their defense was that the people they had on their team, I thought he should have been the quarterback all year, let Tua sit. Right. And they put him out there and I don't think he was ready. You know, he says like, Oh, the NFL, this NFL thing's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Wait till they figure (laughs) you out and then they start blitzing you and, and you can't figure out where to go or every receiver is locked down. We'll see how easy it is then. But um I just, I just love the way Ryan played and he's always done amazing things. Every team he's been on, he's had great games and uh, he's just proven it time and time again. And it was an amazing play. You know, that's he and I, you know, it's funny. We're very similar. You know, he beat several of my records just because he's played longer. You know, I played for seven teams. He played for eight. I threw a touchdown with seven different teams. He threw a touchdown for eight different teams. And I'm like, how long are you going to stay around? He's like, as long as I can, I guess. But he does have seven kids to support. So it's a lot. Interesting. I know that. That's unbelievable. No, because I remember
0: he, he was unbelievable this year. I don't know what the dolphins are going to do. I think they're the number one. If, if Watson is available, I think that's the easiest option because they have the, the third pick in the draft. They also have Houston's picks that they swapped from the Tunsil deal. And if they're not sold on Tua, flip them, I don't know. That's interesting. I have a question. Excuse me. When did you kind of know you were kind of ready to retire?
1: Well, you get older and you start asking yourself that, right? And, you know, you where you're going and you're playing back up where your body's beat up. And, and you know, I asked a lot of veterans, how did you know? When did you know? And Everybody says the same thing. You just know. You just kind of know when it's time for you to try. It's like Drew Brees, you know. He probably could snake it out a few more years, but he probably just knows that it's time, right? It's time. There's younger guys coming up. Let's give a shot at somebody else. Uh, he played long. He's going to be one of the top quarterbacks ever to play in the NFL. But, as you get older and as the kind of everything kind of wears off of you, right, there's, you know, you just kind of know, right? And, and then it comes down to I want to be with my family more and I want to be around my kids more. But the other thing I'll say is once you're out, you're out. They're not coming back to get you. Yeah. Like what happened with Gronkowski is amazing. Like he yeah. quit him and Jason Witten to see them leave for a year and then come yeah. back. That's crazy. That rarely ever happens.
0: And then I want to ask you something. I'm not 100% sure. I saw it online. I wanted you to confirm it. Is it true you coached Ezekiel Elliott in high
1: school? Yes, Ezekiel and Foyer. Foyer Lukan is a linebacker for the um, Atlanta Falcons. Oh, cool. So what was that? 54.
0: Did you know that they were like, all right, these guys are going to be like, we're going to see them in the NFL a few years early on?
1: Well, Zeke, we knew he had an incredible talent. You know, he was fast, he was quick, he could make people miss. He I mean, he had every skill set, and plus he was super smart. You know, the guy got like a 32 in his ACT. Oh, wow. People don't know that. Like, Zika's really smart. Um, comes from a good family. Um, you know, and you kind of knew he had a lot of skills, like to go play Division One football at the highest yeah. level. To go to the NFL at that point, nobody can say they knew that this guy was going to, right? You just don't know. But we knew he had the skills to do that. Um, Foyer, on the other hand, was kind of like growing, big feet, big hand. You know what I mean? Kind of loved basketball, was a basketball player and a football player. Wanted to go play basketball in college. And I'm like, no, you're going to go play football in college. Ends up going to Yale, um, wow. you know, playing football there. Um, super smart kid. Uh, and just uh, had an incredible experience at Yale. You know, he's coming out of Yale. And, uh, you know, he's, he's trying to figure out what he wants to do because he's getting kind of looks at, you know, looked by NFL scouts. And I said, well, you got to go train. you got to go train with somebody that's better than anybody else. So I sent him to my buddy out in Denver, Landau, Lauren Landau, who's actually now the Broncos strength coach. Oh, cool. But he has a whole Landau Performance Center, which is huge. Uh, and when Foye tested for all the – he didn't have a pro day. He didn't have – he didn't go to the combine. But when Foye tested – he was top five in every category of all the linebackers coming out. And so um, I think the Falcons got to steal with him, right? Uh, we knew what, like, when Zeke was leaving Ohio State, we knew what his talent level was. He was going to be great in the NFL. He was going to lead a team. He was going to do whatever he could. We knew that was going to happen. Foyer, we weren't sure. And then he got to where, because if you think about it, I'm sure Yale's strength program is good. but yeah. It's not Ohio State, right? It's not, so, it's a so, lot different, so, right? The yeah. academics are probably pushed away a, a lot more than Ohio State. Yeah. No offense to Ohio State. My buddy's yeah. a strength coach here But, um, you know, I think once he got to where they really focused on certain skill sets, like how to run faster, how to just do, you know, really focus on that individual skill set, Foyer just exploded. Yeah. And so now we got two guys from a, some little school. In, Called John Burroughs in St. Louis that That's awesome. are playing in the NFL. It's pretty amazing.
0: That's awesome w- what for for Dallas since they had a kind of a down year. Dak got hurt. Do you think they'll just, do? You think they'll end up paying him and just kind of like giving him the money, or what do you, what do you expect with that?
1: Well, I don't know. They didn't pay him last year. Why would they pay him this year? You know what I mean? Like, um, uh, you know, I'm sure they may franchise him again. Who knows? Uh, I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, for some reason they didn't want to pay Dak, but I think if Dak was playing, they probably would have won the conference right they probably would have won that division yeah and um but uh we'll see what happens i think they're gonna get you know they got dan quinn the old uh, falcons head coach as their d coordinator yeah we'll have a little different team and uh we'll see what happens
0: and then the one thing i just wanted to ask you is kind of just about your podcast kind of like it's inception kind of like some of the guests you've had some of the guests you're uh, that are coming in the future just kind of, kind of want to talk about that a little bit
1: Yeah, you know, the podcast was kind of started a few years ago with my friend Dave Hager and I, and we just got real sick of uh, talk radio. You know, we're both here in Pittsburgh, and and talk radio was a lot about, you know, hey, this pirate, we're both pirate fans, right? And it's been hard being a pirate fan the last so many years. And, uh, you know, everything was hypotheticals and a lot of complaining, a lot of, you know, no stories, no, you know, there wasn't a lot going on about what's happening in Pittsburgh besides the Pirates, Penguins, and the Steelers. And so, We said, let's get a show to where we talk about sports and talk more stories about how they change people's lives. And, you know, we weren't hearing a lot of that. So we really wanted to talk to people about how sports shaped their life. And that's kind of where we, the mindset came from for our podcast. And so we just start off the same with everyone. Our first guest was Roberto Clemente Jr. And, uh, you know, I've known him and I wanted to hear his story. And, uh, you know, then our next guest was Rocky Blyer. And you talk about two different people but both influenced by sports in a major way. And I just had recently on um, Jeremy Duru, who's uh, a law professor at the Univers- American University in DC. Yeah. And uh, you know, he uh, came out, he was just an amazing guest, super smart. He helped write the Rooney Rule and he helps oh, with um, you know, equality for coaches and all that stuff. So uh, you know he, he grew up in Africa, moved back to uh, Maryland when he was seven and soccer was big in Africa. he knew how to play soccer was very good at it and that helped him create friendships uh sports did when he came back right because there's this kid was kind of shy quiet but he got on soccer field he's a different kid so it helped him create friendships carried him on and then he always wanted to fight for racial uh equality and, and all the injustices that are going on so molded those two together into an incredible career um, but, you know, I have all kind of guests. I've had Matt Burke on Matthew McConaughey. I've had, you know, James Brown from from you name it. James has been on Fox Sports, everything else. Uh, yeah. You know, just guy who worked for AOL. Now, Jimmy Lynn is, is a professor at Georgetown. Uh, Jimmy was the first one. He and I did the first interview like we're doing right now with AOL where he was online typing in the answers to the questions he was asking me. And we were in my house in Ashburn, Virginia, doing this first interview for AOL, which was kind of crazy. Um, so, you know, we've just had amazing guests, but no matter who it is, if all sports has affected their life somehow, some way. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, that that's really all the questions I really have for you. How can people find you on social media, keep up with you, and then just uh, find your podcast and so they can check it out.
1: Yeah, you know you can find my podcast called Huddle Up with Gus anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Uh, just like anybody else, you can put your podcast in a lot of places. Uh, we are going to be on Sounder right now. It's a it's a new new platform. Uh, we're going to be going all over to Sounder. Uh, you can also find us on 1631 Digital News out of DC. Uh, my friend Joe Corby, and then um, you can find us on social media at Huddle Up with Gus. You can find me personally at Gus Farad on any social media and follow me and uh you can go to our website huddle up with uh where, where you can find out all of our old podcasts we've done over 90 episodes wow and uh we have a store on there you can buy mugs and shirts and t-shirts and all kind of stuff and really nobody buys them but if you'd like to stay warm through the winter you can get a, yeah. a hoodie it's cold it's getting cold yeah
0: but yeah but I do do appreciate you taking time talking for your minutes but it's been awesome that really does mean a lot